Is that better? Well, I only have one more Sunday to make mistakes. Out of people who have uh, different sets of convictions and opinions get along together as loving Christians in the body of Christ. It's not always a guarantee. It doesn't always happen. In fact, uh, we are told that there are about 10,000 church splits every year. Can you imagine that? Anybody ought to get together and have fellowship together and be friends are Christians. And yet at the same time, churches have problems. Now, I'm not preaching this sermon this morning because you're having problems. (laughs) So just relax. But it's possible even in St. Joe, Michigan. And this is a message I would like to preach to every church across America. Because I believe Christians ought to get along together. You don't always agree with me. (laughs) Usher, Usher, get him. (laughs) And I don't always have to agree with you. I didn't hear him say amen on that one. (laughs) But this passage of Scripture this morning in Romans chapter 14 and 15 helps us to understand the principles that help believers have agreement in the body of Christ. One man said, the Ten Commandments began it and Jesus said it, that there are some relationships that are absolutely necessary. First is mankind's relationship to his God and then his relationship to other people. So relationships are essential. You see, the way we treat each other is a reflection of what we think about the other person. Uh, Yogahana, who was a Japanese, said, there's a magnet in your heart. It's a magnet that will draw true friends. And the magnet is unselfishness. It is thinking of other people first. When you put other people first, they will begin to put you first. And so there's some principles in Romans chapter 14 and 15 that we're going to look at this morning that will help us in the church to have agreement. You may not like me through all of this sermon, so it's okay. We can agree at times to disagree agreeably, but basically these are principles that come out of this passage that's really going to help us to have agreement even when we disagree with one another. Principle number one is that the strong are to accept the weak and the weak are to accept the strong. I want to read to you beginning at verse 1 through 4 of Romans 14. And you may want to hold your Bibles open there because we're going to be referring back to it all morning. Accept Christians who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer who has a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Think then those who think it's all right to eat anything must not look down on those who won't. 
And those who won't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn God's servants? They are responsible to the Lord. So let him tell them whether they are right or wrong. The Lord's power will help them do as they should. One of the first questions I'd ask myself when I read that passage is, who are the weak believers, weak in faith? And I thought I knew the answer. Why, of course, it's people other than me. Well, it's certainly not those persons who are immoral and those persons who commit overt acts of sin because the Bible would never say that's okay. It never says that. These are persons who are exceedingly sensitive to sin. They're weak in faith in the sense that they cannot really accept any liberties that Christ may have given them in life. They are strict religionists. They they live by a list of do's and don'ts. I've got to tell you, I've been there. And it's so well ingrained in my being that I have a real tendency to stay there. Because there are certain things that I really believe Christians don't do. I believe there are some things that they do do. But these are strict religionists. They have not grasped yet the liberty that they have in Christ. And so they pull out their long list of do's and don'ts. And in fact, their list of do's and don'ts uh, may be different from your list of do's and don'ts. Probably are. Someone wrote this poem. Believe as I believe. No more, no less. That I am right and no one else, confess. Feel as I feel. Think only as I think. Eat what I eat and drink but what I drink. Look as I look. Do always as I do. Then and only then will I have fellowship with you. I lived that way for a long, long time. I had real difficulty accepting the fact some people were Christians when they didn't always agree with my list of do's and don'ts. And I discovered that sometimes they thought the same thing about me because I didn't agree with their list of do's and don'ts. When a person doesn't agree with you, what is your first reaction? Isn't it to condemn them? To say how wrong they are? You know what the Bible says about people like us? We're the ones who are weak in faith. Who are the strong then? Well, they, they have understood the grace that God has given to them that God's brought into this world when he came through Christ, they do not, by any stretch of the imagination, condemn acts of overt sin. But on the other hand, they have grasped some freedom that they have in Christ. Preacher's Sermon Outline Commentary says that there is a great issue out there between Christian liberty and Christian license. It's, it's been a struggle for the church. It, it's confirming what believers can do and still be 
Christians in some people's minds. It's, it's clear that those persons, you and I, who really want to serve the Lord, we're always trying to do what pleases God. That's my desire, isn't it yours? To really please God in all things. And so, the questions that many people ask is then, what can you do socially and personally? And you, you know some of those issues. Can I drink? Can I smoke? Can I go with the girls that do? You know, those kind of questions. Uh, can I attend films? And if so, are there any films that I should not attend? Believe it or not, one day the question was, can I watch television? Are there any programs that I can't watch? Can I uh, gamble? What is gambling? Can I listen to uh, music that have lyrics that maybe are not so good? Someone was driving down the road the other day with their kid in the car. They told me and they were listening to the songs the kids was listening to. And man, they were shocked at the lyrics. Made them turn it off. But that's a question that is asked by these issues. And then, can I read anything besides the King James translation? After all, if that was the Apostle Paul's version of the Bible, then it must be a good version for me to read. And is there any others? That, I know churches today in the South where you dare not open anything but a King James translation. I take my Bible to church and I kind of hold my hand over the version that I'm reading because as much as I love some of the archaic language of the King James translation, I don't read it very often. Boy, am I in trouble. Those questions, social issues and recreational issues, are questions that people have. What do I do? And this passage is going to help us develop some principles which should guide us in how we're to live that way. Now, now you need to understand this very clearly and don't leave here today saying, I've said something I did not say. Listen closely. Read my lips. This passage is not dealing with the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is dealing with behaviors that are conscious questions. That the scripture really has nothing much to say about, except maybe there's some overarching principles that guide it. And we're talking about some of those principles today. There is no dispute whatsoever in this passage of scripture that allows a person to disobey the commands of Christ and God. You, you are to obey every command that Christ gives us. In fact, our Christian maturity is measured by our obedience to the commands of Christ. So hear that clearly. The circumstance of this writing is over what to eat and what not to eat. Meat or vegetables. In particular, this passage is over, should I eat meat that has been offered to sacrifices, idols. 
Some people said, no, you can't do that and be a Christian. And some people said, you know, as Paul did say, he's one of the strong ones. Paul said, that idol is nothing, so that meat offered to that idol, it's, it's nothing, so I can feel free to eat it. But he's going to give a deeper principle later on in the message. The real issue of this section and this principle is acceptance of our fellow believers in Christ. And so if Christ accepts a person, you and I are to accept that person as well. Principle number two is that everybody is to live under the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's found in verses 5 and 9 of chapter 14, but I want to read verses 6 and 7. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Last night we were down at the beach and met some Seventh-day Adventists. And those Seventh-day Adventists hold the Sabbath as their holy day. We, this says, he who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. And they do. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. He who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us live to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. Now the motive for your decisions about conscious questions should never be society. Because I can tell you, society's wrong most of the time. It's not society. It is my personal convictions that I develop before the Lord. The church we grew up in, when I was a teenager, wearing makeup was a sin. And it was wrong. You didn't work in the church if you wore makeup. My mother was a bit <coughs> rebellious. She wore makeup. And she wasn't about to take it off for anybody. So, my mom was relegated not from, uh, from the classroom into the kitchen. It's okay to work in the kitchen behind the scenes if you wore makeup. But, and and I, I really thought that there was a deeper issue, even as a teenager for my mother, that she did not see, and I wasn't about to tell her because I was younger than she was, and she, well, she could be tough. I thought there was a deeper issue we're going to get to in a little bit. I would have taken the makeup off so I'd have had more fellowship and I could have done things in the church. But she was strong there. And, and so it's not what society thinks. It's what the Lord tells. You know, my mother wasn't wrong either. She wasn't wrong. In fact, later on, some of those people decided that if the barn needs painted, you better paint it. And they started painting it. <laughs> the question really is this. What does the Lord Jesus Christ, what does God Almighty think about my conscious question? How does he feel about what I'm feeling? Is it okay? So you think for a moment about the spokes of a wheel. If you have spokes... Imagine a point here on two spokes. The closer those spokes come to the hub, they get closer together. When they move up the, hub, up the spokes, they get further away from the hub. Think of Jesus Christ as the hub of a Christian agreement, the hub of the church. The closer you get to Christ, the more agreement you have in the body of believers. 
And if I can focus on those things and stay away from what's going to have the end of time and what's going to have an eternal security and whether you wear makeup or whether you don't wear makeup or whether you smoke and chew with the goat. If I get closer to Christ, I focus more on that issue of fellowship with him and each other. And I can lay aside those petty differences. Important thing to each of us is to draw close to him. Trust in his sovereignty. Trust in the centrality of Jesus Christ. And the rest of it just kind of seems to take care of itself. I have pastored people who have all, have all kinds of beliefs. I have not believed some of the things that the people I've pastored have believed. And yet we've had wonderful fellowship together in Christ. Because we did not focus on our differences, we focused on him. You know, I could keep preaching on this all day, but I've got several more points to go. So let me just quickly go on. Maybe you'll have me back some other time to finish it up. Principle number three is this. To avoid a judgmental attitude toward others. Verse 10 through 13 talks about it. Let's look at verse 10. By the way, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Now, some of you this morning are perhaps thinking, wait a minute, preacher, don't we have to set some people straight in their Christian faith? Don't we have to keep the doctrine pure? Who died and made you pope? I thought the Holy Spirit was given to, for that purpose. I, I thought God can do that pretty well. He has set me straight several times in my lifetime about the truth. Some of the things that I thought maybe I believed were truth, but I've discovered that I didn't have the right view on that as I put it all together scripturally. Don't we have to keep the doctrine pure? Don't we have to keep the church of God doctrines absolutely pure and unstained? You know, I love, I love doctrine because doctrine comes from Scripture. But whatever the believer does, he must be fully persuaded in his own mind that it's right with God. The believer is to be fully persuaded that in his own mind, that conscious question, that, that questionable thing that some people would say, He's got to be sure that in his own mind, he is doing what God wants him to do. When he looks at the totality of Scripture and the principles that govern Scripture, he can with all honesty say, I believe I'm okay doing this. I have no guilt in my heart before God. I've talked to God about, I've read the Scriptures, I've studied the Scriptures, and I believe it's okay. He must make sure that the matter is a questionable matter, by the way. It is not a command of Scripture, because if it's a command of Scripture, we've always said, you've got to do that whether you like it or not. You've you got to have some intelligence about this and some wisdom, and you've got to check it out with Scripture. You must not ever violate your conscience because someone else said it's okay to do, and you say, well, it must be okay to do because Brother So-and-so said it's okay to do. No, this is between you and God. And if you believe it's wrong, you better not do it. So you must be absolutely sure in your own mind. 
The believer is to live as though he wants to understand and does understand the will of God as it comes in Scripture. Now, folks, the Bible is clear. Hang on here now because many churches have this problem. The Bible is clear that we have no right to gossip or to criticize or to judge a fellow believer. That's, an, that's a violation of the law of love found in Scripture. And the Bible says, who made you judge anyway? You're not to judge. God is the judge. Christ is the judge. Christ will bring all of us into an account someday. And I've got to stand before him and not answer for Marge Patton, my wife, or for my kids, or for any of you. I've got to answer for Norm Patton and what he's believed and how he's lived. And if we turn the searchlight on our own hearts, you will find enough that you won't have time to look at anybody else's life. That's Christ's job. So principle number three is avoid judgments, judgmental attitude toward people. Principle number four, do not be a stumbling block to another believer. Now you're going to have to hang on here for this one and the next one because... It's going to help you understand, even though my conscience says it's okay to do some things, I should not do them, and here's why. Verse 13, therefore let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your own mi your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. Hold your finger there, turn over to chapter 15, verse 1, and here's what it says. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. One man said, no behavior, no one's behavior is entirely his or her own business. We live in an age of prized individuality. Where my individual freedom, my, I say my business is not your business at all. It's no one's business. If I decide to do this or that, it's my business. It doesn't affect anybody. That's hogwash. Because you always affect people by the way you live. By the decisions that you make. And so your attitudes and your actions always will affect people around you. Jackie Robinson was the first black player to play in the... In the uh, Baseball league. Uh, every stadium he went to, he was booed and jeered. One day in Brooklyn Stadium, playing for his home team, the Brooklyn Dodgers, he made an error at second base. Crowd began to boo and jeer him, and he stands there on second base, humiliated before that huge crowd. Just a little bit, Pee Wee Reese, the shortstop, went over and put his arm around the shoulder of Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson later said, that arm around my shoulder saved my career. That day, the crowd was a stumbling block to Jackie Robinson, but Pee Wee Reese was an encourager. And you and I as Christians are not to be stumbling blocks to persons. We are to be encouragers to people. Now the argument we said here is about whether you're going to eat meat, offer to sacrifices, or not eat meat. For us today, it's worship songs. Are we going to sing hymns or are we going to sing worship songs? Big argument across the church today. Or 
Are you allowed to drink or are you allowed to dance or are you allowed to chew? and Are you allowed to do whatever? Some of those things we talked about, those are issues today. I'm here to tell you that we play those things way out of proportion. The Bible is saying, whatever you do, don't let it be a stumbling block to another believer. If someone is offended by what you eat, Paul says, then don't eat it. Someone's offended by what you drink, Paul says, then don't drink it. That's pretty simple, isn't it? You know, in all honesty, I drink coffee because my wife drinks it. She's the, she's the one who sins in our family, and I just follow. <laughs> um, sometimes I drink pop. Um, in all honesty, if someone came up to me and said, you're a Christian, and I, I'm, a, I'm a brand new Christian, you know, and I have been told all my life not to drink coffee. A simple thing for me to do is say, if that is offensive to you, and I'm going to cause you to stumble, I'll quit drinking coffee. I have to explain it to my wife, but I'll quit drinking coffee. Or someone says, you know, today it's, it's trans fats and carbohydrates. I love both of them. <laughs> you understand the principle we're talking about here? Don't be a stumbling block. I, I want you to listen to Romans 14 verses 14 and 15. I know and am perfectly sure on the authority of Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. Paul says, I've, really, I've had a revelation on this. Jesus has actually told me himself that it's not wrong to eat any food. But if someone believes it is wrong, then it is wrong for that person. And if another Christian is distressed by what you eat, you're not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. That's a great principle. Do not destroy or ruin the work of God in the life of another believer because that, my friend, is sin. That is sin. Church I grew up in, I had a cousin, distant cousin for me, thank God. He was, he was meaner than a black snake. That's what we say in West Virginia. You're really mean. You're meaner than a black snake. And uh, I found out after I was an adult that he probably molested his children. And he and his wife finally separated. And on one occasion, he had gone down to another state where she was living with the intent and purpose of getting her in the car and choking her to death. I mean, this is a, this is a relative. Something stopped him from doing that. There was a revival that night, and he went to the revival, and he got saved. And he came back, and he sat down with my dad, and he was just overjoyed in the fact that he got saved. But he smoked. And he came to our church and began to attend our church, and the Christians in the church began to get on the fact that he smoked. You can't smoke and be a Christian. And it ruined him. He was too weak in the faith to take that 
and he left the church and he left Christ and if you think he was a hellion before he certainly was after and as far as I know died unsaved it is a sin to be a stumbling block to another believer a person is far more important than my right to eat anything or my right to socialize and, and in, in any particular event we should never place a stumbling block in front of a, another believer even though our conscience says it's okay there's a higher principle finally principle number five is to be a bodybuilder be a bodybuilder verse 19 says so then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up I'm asking your forgiveness for going just a little over this morning but I only have two more shots and this is this is so vital to agreement in the body of Christ chapter 15 verse 2 and 3 says we should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord for even Christ didn't please himself if love is the guiding principle of our life then we'll not think about our own rights but we'll think about our responsibility to fellow believers it's far better to pray for persons than it is to preach at people I thought this was an interesting thing it came in a Christmas card you may at first wonder how it fits just hang on I asked God to take away my pride and God said no he said it was for it was not for him to take away but for me to give up I asked God to make my handicapped child whole and God said no her spirit is already whole her body is only temporary I asked God to grant me patience and God said no he said that patience is the byproduct of tribulation it isn't granted it's earned I asked God to give me happiness and God said no God said I give blessings happiness is up to me I asked God to spare me pain God said no he said I must grow on my own but he will prune me to make me more fruitful I asked God if he loved me God said yes he said I sent my son to die on the cross for you so that if you believe you can go in heaven I asked God to help me love others as much as he loves me and God said aha finally now you get it we are to be bodybuilders we are to love the body of Christ there will always be differences of opinion in the church because the church is made up of people and some of you someday might say I want to go find the perfect church don't waste your time trying to find it but if you want to find one I doubt you will find it but you might find one if you do find one for God's sake and their sake don't you go there because you're gonna mess it up <laughs> because you're not perfect Christian love will always be seeking to help the fallings and the failings of the weak it'll never push them down the great preacher Peter Marshall said we have the nicest garbage man he empties out our garbage can he's just as nice as he can be he always stops and talks to me my mother doesn't my mother thinks the 
I get it right. My mother doesn't like his smell, but my mother doesn't know him very well. You know, there's, there's going to be some people in this body of believers that you won't like their smell. I, I'm not talking about body odor. I, I'm talking about the fact that you're just not going to click with them. You're not going to agree with them. You may have to work on even liking them. You may have some serious doctrinal differences with them. But Paul's laid down some pretty simple instructions. He says, the strong accept the weak, and the weak accept the strong. He says, everyone is to live under the lordship of Jesus Christ. We are to avoid judgmental attitudes toward others. We're not to be a stumbling block to others. And we are to build up each other in Christ. Romans 14 and 15 is saying that relationships are what really count. There was a pastor who enjoyed a story about a play that he had seen many, many years before. And he, he told the story often. It was about a son and a father who had some serious difficulties and troubles. And in fact, they came to the place where they just agreed that they needed to separate and go their separate ways. But that night, the son couldn't sleep. And so he woke up and went downstairs to the kitchen. He was going to make a sandwich. And he found his father there. The father couldn't sleep either. And so they made their sandwiches and were eating together. They began to reminisce about some things. They, they reminisced about the times that they had been on, on uh, hunting trips. And the times that he had played little league baseball. And, and swimming in the lake. And, and fishing trips they'd been on. And some healing was taking place. And, and then the son said, Dad, you remember the time we were out on the lake in that green boat? Dad said, uh, son, that was a blue boat. And the son said, no, Dad, you're mistaken. It was a green boat. I said it was a blue boat. It's green, blue, green, blue. And finally, the son just got up and stormed away and never came back again. And you and I can look at that and say, isn't that silly? Because you see, some things just don't matter, whether it was green or blue. Who cares? Paint it purple dot poke, some color, whatever. Just, it doesn't really matter, does it? Some of the issues you fight about in your home don't matter. Some of the issues we fight about in the church from time to time don't matter. So what do we do? We have wisdom enough and we have sense enough to dwell on the essentials, live by the commands of Christ, Allow people with the conscious questions to deal with those themselves. Let me ask you a question. What is your relationship IQ with people that you don't agree with? Think about that this week. Father, I pray that your spirit will teach us today, help us today. Um, some of us may be thinking about situations that we're involved in and how we have maybe have been small in those situations. We've just not, a, not followed the principles. So Lord, today I pray that you will help us to learn to love everybody in the body of Christ as you love us. Amen.